Hey everyone, it's Caleb, and I'm so excited for you to be here with me today and spending a few minutes of your day. I have a great episode for you today. Today I'm talking with Carlos Whitaker. Carlos has a new book that is uh, out now called Enter Wild, Exchange a Mild and Mundane Faith for a Life with an Uncontainable God. And if you're not familiar with Carlos, he's somebody that you're going to want to get more familiar with. He's a speaker, worship leader, and a hope dealer as well. He's someone that I've been learning from uh, for the past several years and have really enjoyed, and he has taught me a ton as well. And we're going to get into the episode in just a second, but before we do, I want to remind you that the music that you're listening to is brought to you by my good friend, Sam Massey. And if you have any audio or any video needs, he is the person to contact for those things and see if he, if, uh, if you might be interested in working together. And so shout out to Sam, super thankful for him, for how much he's helped me and uh, just for his friendship as well. And as I mentioned, today's guest is Carlos Whitaker. And without any further wait, here's our conversation. Carlos, it's so good to have you on the podcast today. Thanks, Caleb. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah. And, and just as we're getting started, I'm just curious, like during the time that we're recording, you know, we're in quarantine, we're in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. And I'm just wondering what, what have you been learning either about yourself or just in general, like during this season? Uh, yeah. You know, I think, I think about myself, I've been learning just how, um, how little control I actually have, how little control we actually have over anything. You know, I think that as humans, we want to be able to control everything. We want to be able to feel like we have control because it makes us feel good. But I think if there's anything I've learned about myself and humanity at large, it is we are in no way, shape or form in control at all. <laughs> what 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 is helping you like be at peace with that because you know we we all experience situations from time to time to where we don't have control and sometimes we end up freaking out but what's helped you in this yeah I, well i think what's helped me is um is knowing that nobody is in control <laughs> you know I, I i think there's a i think there's there's a little semblance to like you know what like i think i freak out more when I'm out of control, but everyone else is in control. I think, I think we have a tendency to be like, well, my life's not together. My life's not put together. I'm the only one struggling with this. And so I think that, that, that can get, you know, blown out of proportion. But I think when you look around and you realize, listen, there's not one NBA player or Hollywood celebrity or politician that is not staying at home right now, then we all are in this together. And there's, there's something about being in this together that actually not only does it freak me out, but it actually propels me towards towards a good feeling. It propels me towards a, a feeling of, um, of just us being together and communing together and knowing that, you know, this is something that we've all got to figure out together. So, you know, I think that it definitely, um, 
uh, is something that hasn't been all negative for me. Mm-hmm. What, what's been giving you life during this season? Cause you know, we, we could tend to be anxious to think about the things that we aren't in control of, but what, like, what is, what's given you life and just in, maybe that you're seeing that's bringing encouragement or hope in the season too. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I think that, um, uh, for me, you know, I'm, I'm a believer in Jesus and I'm a believer in the power of, of the Holy spirit. And, um, Honestly, that's where all of my, all of my relief comes from all of it. Like it, the second I try to place any, any sort of comfort or relief on any press conference that a politician puts up or any scientific evidence that a doctor says, or any conspiracy theory video that somebody is going to put out there, like all those things are just, again, people trying to comfort themselves and we will never, ever get to the point where we can comfort ourselves. And so at the end of the day, like I have to place all my hope and trust in Holy Spirit and allowed that and him to be my comforter. And honestly, it's worked. Like there have been moments of panic. There's been moments of anxiety. There's been moments of, of trauma through all this. But at the end of the day, Holy Spirit has really not only, I think, kept my head level, but actually healed parts of me that I didn't know need healing. Hmm. What, what does that look like for you to be able to place your trust like in, in the Holy Spirit? Is it like something that you do every day or what does that look like? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely <laughs> there's definitely practices that I go through every day, but it was it was definitely a journey of getting there, right? It was a journey of getting to the place where I trust Holy Spirit, um, getting to the place where I trust that Holy Spirit is actually going to do what Holy Spirit says Holy Spirit's going to do. Getting to the point where I actually trust Holy Spirit's voice. So, I think it was a whole long journey of getting to the space where I I believe and trust and hope in these things, and then after. I got there, then now I think those, those practical um, daily uh, rituals and practices fall in place. You know, uh, my daily prayer that I pray every single morning, um, praise and thanksgiving that I do before my daily prayer, asking after my daily prayer, Holy Spirit, where would you have me go today in scripture? All those things are things that keep me grounded, like on a practical level. Uh, but I think the the journey was getting there, right? The journey was getting to a place where I just wasn't a a Christian that maybe kind of believed in, in what scripture was saying about what the crazy stuff that Jesus promised us um, and actually implementing and stepping into like, okay, Jesus, you said, this is true. Prove it. Uh, that's, that's like a, that, that's a pretty scary place for believers to get to. So for me, I think that's, that's where, where and how I got there. What, uh, what else along the journey helped you get to that place? You know, you talked about like stepping into the promises, you know, that, that God has for you. Did anything else help you along the journey? Yeah. I mean, you know, for me, knowing that I, you know, in my book, I talk about, um, a lot of my anxiety and depression and issues that I've had with that and how I think that for the longest time I used what I knew to do in the natural, right. I used everything that I could fix myself to fix myself. So that's whether, and these are all great things per se. Okay. I'm not talking about, (laughs) excuse me, anything that's um, bad. I'm just saying that I, I I started doing all the things I needed to do. Right. So uh, going to therapy, talking to my counselor, talking to my friends, uh, praying, um, taking medicine, adjusting my sleep habits, a diet and exercise, all those things I started to do. And and I think what, what I tell people is I got about 60% better. I got to where, man, look, like 
this feels good. Like I actually, I feel good now. Like, like I, I, life did not feel good. I've done all this work and now I feel good and I got better. And I think here's the problem is most Christians stop it better. And scripture and John 10, 10 doesn't say Jesus has come to give us life and have it to the better and just have it be better. Like, no, it says to the full and abundance and completely. And I think when I finally looked down and realized, well, I'm kind of only 60% to abundance instead of all the way to abundance. But we end up, I mean, I'll tell you, Caleb, like most Christians end up making deals with God. Like we end up, you know, when we get about 60% better, we're like, you know what? Life feels so good now. God, if I don't have to go back to where I was, then then this is going to be good. If I don't have to, then I can just stay here and I can wait here and, and kind of cope um, and have a nice mild faith until I get to heaven. And then it's going to get wild, right? No, like that's not what scripture tells us. The gospel tells us that we don't have to just settle for mild, settle for better when we can, we can, well, I don't know what the opposite of better is, but whatever one step past better is fullness, completeness, abundance. All these things are waiting for us. If we risk a little bit more and, and say, okay, then I'm going to trust you, God, with everything that you've told me is true in scripture. Uh, and so for me, it was, it was a whole bunch of different uh, moments in my life that led me to realize that I was only sitting at 60%. And if God really promises us life to the full, you know what, God? I don't think he, he's, um, he's a God that would turn his back on you if you were like, prove it. Okay, life to the full, prove it. And he'll be like, absolutely, let me show you. And so that's kind of where I've been living now. Like I'm, I'm, in, a, I'm in a space of living, living in abundance and I don't ever want to go back. Mm-hmm. Do you remember uh, the the time or the moments to where, like, you realized, oh, I'm at I'm at sixty percent. Oh yeah, man. Like, I think a lot of that has to do with looking at people around me that were living in abundance, that were living in fullness. And I remember like like feeling like, okay, like I've got I've got everything down, man. I've got um, my, I've lost some weight. My medicine is balancing my serotonin levels. Um, this is good. Like this is good. But then I would, I would look and I would see people that were like, I'm telling you, like they were just on top of the world and they were, you know, no matter what life threw their direction, they would, I mean, it would bounce off them and they would keep on going. Yeah, they'd be affected, but they were just living in abundance. And it was, it was just pretty obvious at one point that I, that I remember specifically, like it was, I'd, I'd had a panic attack and it was probably my, like my third panic attack of the week. And I remember thinking to myself, well, at least I'm not having three panic attacks a day. And I, I'm only having three a week. And man, this, this is good. But then I, I thought, wait a second. Like, who says that I have to stop now? Who says that 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 I there's not the possibility of no panic attacks a week? Well, let me tell you, I was scared to pray that because what if what if I went backwards? What if God didn't come through? And that's where so many Christians end up um, staying at 60% is because we don't want to test God. We don't want to uh, make God, you know, make, make people think that, that maybe God's not going to come through. We don't want to fall into that belief system. And so we don't pray big prayers. We don't pray scary prayers and we end up stuck. And so for me, you know, I think, I, I think for myself and most of your listeners, the reason why we get, we get stuck is because we're, we're scared that if we pray bigger prayers, God may not come through. And, and what helped you like move past and through that fear? Yeah. You know, for me, it took, it took work. Um, it took a lot of, um, of, of me leaving kind of self-help world. So I've been living in kind of self-help world for a long time. Roll up your sleeves, do A plus B, you're going to get C. And, and again, like all that stuff is, 
<laughs> excuse me, it's great help. Like it's great help, but it's not hope. And there's a big difference is most, most Christians confuse help and hope. Like we place our hope where our hope should be. And, and, and instead of saving our hope for the supernatural, we place all our hope in the natural. And we place all our hope in the, um, in, in, the, in our striving, in, in, in our um, hustling and self-helping and all those things. And so for me, it, it, it took meeting a man named John here in Nashville, Tennessee. And John is a, uh, uh, he's become a dear friend. And he was, you know, maybe two generations older than me. He took me into his library. I knew that I, I needed to get full healing and I wanted it. And, and I knew that it was going to take maybe leaving some of the conservative evangelical roots that I had uh, took me leaving maybe um, uh, and stepping into maybe some scarier charismatic um, uh, circles that I'd never been in. Um, listen, I grew up Southern Baptist. I love Southern Baptist life. I'm, I believe the Baptist faith and message like I am Baptist, but I'm, I'm now like Baptist hostel, right? Like, like I've now stepped into this place of like, wow, I wasn't taught that full healing was actually available here. And let me tell you, when I went to John and we started doing this inner healing prayer work, we started doing this, um, the, it, the specific inner healing type ministry that he does is called heart sync. When I finally sync my heart back together, guess what? The panic attacks that I've been having three times a week for years in a matter of days went away. So when I actually relied on the supernatural as my hope and relied on the natural as my help, that's when my full and total freedom happened. And here I am like, like you, people can like argue theology all day, right? People can argue like, well, this is what the Bible says. And this is, you can argue that, but what you can't argue is, is this, like, you can't argue me. I'm pointing at myself right now. You can't argue what happened to me. My, you can't argue what my family has said. Like it literally is like pre meeting John Carlos walking into his house and post meeting John Carlos walking out of his house. I'm a completely different human being. So knowing that I, I believe in science and biology and chemicals and all those things, but I also believe that Holy Spirit and the supernatural has just as much impact, if not more, on those things in our life than the natural does. And so that's what it took for me. It took finding somebody that knew more than I did, that that allowed me to feel safe enough to risk um, having some scarier conversations with Holy Spirit. Um, but then once I did, I'm telling you, like I never want to go back. How do you know that, like John was? you know, a, a person that you could trust with that. Because, you know, I think that's, I think everybody would want, like wants that type of person, but sometimes yeah. it's difficult to figure out what that type of person looks like. So what helped, what helped you figure out, Hey, John, John is the person that I can trust with this. Yeah. You know, um, honestly, like, like there probably were various people that I could trust with this type of healing work in my life. But um, I also was looking for something that didn't look the same. Like I'd done so much counseling and therapy, like with great, incredible counselors and therapists. And I'd gotten a lot better. Um, but I knew that I couldn't just keep going back to regular therapy in order to get completely healed, not just better, but all the way. And so, you know, I started, I started asking some questions to some people that I trusted. And I can't remember, honestly, how I found John. I found his website somehow. And honestly, like the web, his website, I remember when I saw it, it was like, it looked like a 1996 geocitiesyahoo.com website. It was the, it was the ugliest thing, Comic Sans font with his picture, you know, like spinning on it. And I remember thinking like, oh, this guy? Well, if there's one thing that this guy is not doing, he's not trying to swindle me with slick marketing. So at least I can, I can trust that. And then, bro, you just know, man, when you walk in and you meet somebody, you can feel 
the palpable presence of the Holy Spirit. And I, I, I looked that man in the eyes and I thought, Jesus leaks out of this guy. Like, I want this. I want whatever you got. And, and what he got, uh, I'm, I'm beginning to get to, you know, I'm not all the way there, but um, uh, yeah, man, it's just, it's, I just think it's so important that we, we as Christians, when we're looking for full and complete healing, aren't just relying on what the world uh, and even what Christendom is telling us, like, this is the program you need to go through, or this is the program, like, do the work, like dig in, find some stuff, start praying, ask Holy Spirit to reveal to you. And you may end up on some backwoods, you know, website where you don't, you don't think that these, you know, people know what they're talking about. My wife, actually, she's part of this prayer, um, prayer ministries uh, down in Jacksonville, Florida. And I can't remember what it's called. It's called, um, it's like inner healing prayer ministries or something, but it's put on, it's like, it's run by like 70 year old women, like, like these women, like, like they don't know, they don't know anything about marketing. They don't know anything about computers. They don't know anything about anything, but what they do know is how to pray. And so she just knew. And so she's been going down there and studying with them. And so again, none of our friends know who these people are. They're not like from the biggest church ever. I don't, you know, I don't even know what church they go to, but they, these women know how to pray. So to find people that, um, that Holy Spirit leads you to just start asking him specifically. And I promise you, he'll lead you to some places you never thought he would. And you talk a little bit more about the heart sink that you had mentioned that, that John went through and kind of what that is. Yeah, man. You know, it is, uh, in the, in the, in the, the middle section of my book. So my book's uh, divided into three sections, enter rest, enter war and enter wild. And the middle section of my book is really the smaller story arc, uh, in the book of me being delivered from my panic and anxiety. And, um, so I knew, I, I knew about inner healing. I'd heard that term before. I'd actually heard the term sozo before. Um, and there were some other different kind of inner healing words that I'd heard in my church, uh, liberty sessions I'd heard before. And so, um, so, oh, and then there was another one called restoring the foundations. Ah, oh, that's how I found John was, was a friend of mine turned me on to restoring the foundations, which was, which is like an inner healing that you do with, like as couples. And so Heather and I, uh, we're going to go through this together. Um, and so I found John because John does the restoring the foundations, him and his wife. So I called him and I said, hey, do you think restoring the foundations would be something my wife and I would go through together? And he started asking me some questions. Um, and then he actually said, you know what? Like, I know that restoring the foundations may be good for you, but I, I think that this mo modality of inner healing called heart sync may be better. And I was like, well, what do you mean? He said, well, it sounds like you've got a fractured heart from, from what you're saying with your anxiety and depression. And I was like, what are you talking about? My heart's fractured. And he said, all of us, all of us, like we were born with one complete whole heart. And inevitably what happens is through trauma and trials, our heart gets fractured. And, and as it gets fractured, sometimes we take a piece of our heart and we remove it completely from who we are. Now, what I love about this whole, um, this whole process is that heart sync is like, 50% psychology, 50% Holy Spirit. So like, so like people that are, that are like weary, you know, on like, you know, oh, I don't know about these charismatic circles. Like, like these are like, like psychology trained um, intercessors that, that use kind of both sides. And so as I'm walking in there and he's explaining the, the synapses of my brains and how my brain works and how my brain, brain, the front cortex and the back cortex, and this is where this is from, you know, so he's explaining all this. I was like, oh, I like this because I like, I'm very tactical. I like to know what's going on. And he's like, so what's happening is, is there was a, there was a part of my heart that when, if you, if people read my book, Kill the Spider, 
Um, so like I, I had sin issues in my life that destroyed my life and destroyed my family. And so that part of me, that version of me that did that. So the, um, the 2005 to 2010 Carlos, even after my restoration and after my marriage was healed and my family was healed and all these things, I used to say things like, yeah, but like that version of me, I can't stand that version of me. Like, I actually never want to see that part of me again. Like I, and we say things like that. People say things like this all the time. Like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, I don't want to talk about 2010 Carlos. Cause that, that version of me, like it's over. Like I can't stand them. And so these, like when you're, when we're doing this, what we're actually doing is we're taking a part of our heart that God created. So that version of me that God created that did all these horrible things in my family, that was just a wounded version of a beautiful picture of Carlos. Right. And so what I did was I took my heart and I sliced it off and I threw it away. And I started to shame that part of me. I started to shame him for, um, you know, how dare you do this to my family? And so what John helped me realize was that, well, I've been shaming a part of me that actually God created. And, and I actually need to come back into reconciliation and relationship with that part of me to bring him back into my heart. And with the, all this stuff, dude, listen, I know it sounds crazy. Like this stuff sounds so crazy. When you read it in the book too, like, it's like, wait, what? So like John had me sit there and, and go to a place where I remembered the, when that part of me that I've been shaming forever was making this, these bad decisions. And he said, I want you to talk to that version of you. I want you to reconcile with that part of you. So like, I started having conversations with me as me, as I'm sitting on the sofa, things are getting really weird at this point. But honestly, when the reconciliation happened and I asked that part of me back in, uh, into relationship with me, it's like there was a whole part of me that, that I cut off that suddenly I felt alive again. And literally when, the, like the second I did that, my panic and anxiety and all these things went away. Like it, it just like went away, it was gone. And so now I see how so many people who are struggling through things, it's because there needs to be forgiveness of self. So there's three types of forgiveness, right? There's forgiveness of others, forgiveness we ask of God, but then there's forgiveness of self that most people don't deal with. And I think when we deal with that, that's when so much of the healing can take place so that we can finally step into freedom. So again, that's a very complicated way of saying that heart sync is a simple way of us rejoining and reconnecting with our heart that we may have cut off from us before. No, I, I really appreciate the detail. And I mean, from like, from what you're saying, it sounds like a lot like self-acceptance of like being absolutely. Able, yeah. And just love it. Like it's, it's just a powerful truth of like what you were saying, like God loves the 2020 Carlos as much as he yeah. loves the, the 20. Yeah. 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 And I'm, I'm no better than that, that version of me, you know, and, and I also love that like secular psychology is, is bought into this as well, you know? And so like, this is all like biblical truth. You look in Psalms, you look at David and, and the way David talked to himself, like David would say things like the things I do or the, the things I want to do or the things I failed to do. Right. And like, he's, he's talking about himself the same way I was doing it. John, David was doing heart sync with himself. Like he was doing that. And so this is all biblical principles that we're starting to see the secular world um, accept and start to use because it works. And, um, and for me, I'm so grateful it worked because I'm finally living free. Yeah. I, I want to go back to what you were saying of, uh, forgiving ourselves. What do you think makes it so difficult for us to do that? Um, you know, I, I think, I think the, at the end of the day, the, the enemy 
that who is here to steal, kill, and destroy. Um, the the only it may say that he's here to steal, kill, and destroy, and that's the truth. Like scripture doesn't say that the enemy is here to he prowls around and he's here to like push you, bother you, and like upset you. Like literally, the words are steal, kill, and destroy, right? And those are like some crazy words. Um, but the only the only tactic he has, the only skill set that he has is he's a liar. Okay. And so like, that's it. So like at the end of the day, the only thing the enemy can do to you is lie. He can't kill you. He can't, he can't do, he can't touch you, but he can lie to you. And so that, that, that's why so many people come have such a hard time with self-forgiveness is because they get to the point where they're believing the words of the enemy, as opposed to believing the promises that we have. And so the, the way to do this, the way to like squash his lies is, as I get into the book, is to literally pray scripture, literally pray the promises of God over your life. Because what ends up happening inevitably, and this isn't only with self-forgiveness, this is with anything. So we're in a pandemic, right? And say people are are struggling with, you know, depression during the pandemic because they're they're not able to see their friends. Our, their prayers end up turning into, God, I'm so depressed. God, I'm so sad. Oh, dear God, life is falling apart. Oh, dear God. Well, do you hear what words I am declaring? So suddenly the enemy is so sneaky that he's like, guess what? Even in your prayer life, I'm going to get you to declare truths that I'm making you believe as opposed to declaring the truth of God. So what we got to do is stop praying the problems and instead pray the promise. And when we pray the promises of God, man, that right then is when uh, demons shudder, uh, when the enemy flees, and when we finally have the ability, uh, we've got the full authority of God in us. And, and I'm telling you, man, it, it changes everything. And so again, the, the main reason why it's such a hard time for people to uh, forgive themselves is because they're listening to the lies of the enemy as opposed to listening to the promise of scripture. Can you say just a little bit more of like what it might look like to pray the promise? Yeah, man. Listen, I'm, t- I'm telling you, just go to scripture and find the opposite of what the words in your head are saying. So you literally go. So like, instead of like, I'm so depressed. Oh God, I'm so, instead of your prayers looking like, God, I'm so depressed. Um, I'm so scared. I'm so fearful. Will you please help me, God? I'm so like, there's, there's moments for prayers to look like that. There's moments that, that that's okay. I mean, you, you find that in scripture all the time, even Jesus himself in the garden, right? He had a moment of desperation, but listen, when you study the way Jesus prayed, he always prayed the promise. So the way it looks like is this, instead of praying, I'm so depressed. I'm so sad. I'm so anxious. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so all this. No, now you go to scripture. I'm the body of Christ. Satan has no power over me for I've overcome evil with good. I'm of God and have overcome him for greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I will fear no evil for you are with me, Lord, your word and your spirit. They come from me. I'm far from oppression. Fear does not come near me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. My righteousness is of the Lord. Whatever I do will prosper for I'm like a tree that's planted by the rivers of living water. There's all of this scripture available to us. And in in 15 seconds, I just recited seven scriptures that bam, the second I recite that, the enemy flees and he goes because, and I honestly, even like in this moment, I wasn't even having a struggle with anxiety, but I feel better already because I'm declaring the truth of God's word. If we declare the truth of God's word over and over, over our lives, consecrate our lives under the authority of his word, using the same authority that we have been given in his ascension on a daily basis. I'm not talking about just when the promise hits. Every single morning, 
when you wake up, there's a prayer in the back of all my books. I put the same prayer in there. It's my daily prayer. It's my prayer of consecration. I speak, and the, the prayer is a, a scripture spoken out loud. I speak these things out loud. When you speak those out loud, I'm telling you, it sets the tone for your entire day. So uh, don't get me preaching. I'll start preaching. <laughs> well, hey, I, I want to go back to something else uh, that you were saying. You know, you talked about um, feeling like you needed to leave part of the familiar. And, and even in some of your uh, bas- small Baptist roots that you had talked about, um, and in embracing a little bit more of uh, stuff that's found maybe maybe on the Pentecostal side. And I just want to, because I think at some point in your life, we all encounter something like that to where, you know, you grew up believing this thing and then maybe you need to find, maybe you've just encountered something uh, new. Can you take me back to that moment of like just the feelings that you were feeling whenever you just re, like almost like maybe had like, I, I don't know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, so feel free to correct, yeah. but um like a little bit of a crisis of faith because whenever you realize something, oh, I'm not sure it's this way, there is a little bit of that freak out moment in there. Yeah, no, no, listen, I, I mean, I know exactly when it was. It was, the, it was the moment I stepped into the new church that we belong to now called the Belonging Company here in Nashville, Tennessee. I, I, and, and again, like I, want, I want to make sure I'm using <clears throat> terms correctly, not necessarily Pentecostal, mm-hmm. more charismatic. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and so, so as I um, as I walked in to that, and I didn't want to go, my kids and my wife had been going there for a few months while I was on tour. We were looking for a new church. I was like, this is not the church I want to go to. They, they do weird things. They believe weird things. Um, and I walked in and, and it would listen, man, I'm, I'm, I would think I was 40 years old at the time. And there was, there was such a difference. There was actually a girl leading worship. Uh, her name is Meredith Andrews that, that Sunday, she's a, a, a Christian singer. And I knew Meredith when, we both released records at the same time in 2010. So back in a secret life before anyone knew who I was, I was a worship leader with integrity music. And I, I, I did this record with Jason Ingram. And I remember Meredith was doing her record at the same time. And I remember thinking like, Oh, this is cute. Like she's this little kind of Christian boppy girl. And like, she's, she's got her nice little feel good Caleb songs and whatever. No offense to Caleb. I mean, I love Caleb, but you know what I'm saying? And so like, like there, there was, it was fun. And I just, I'll never forget walking in and seeing the same girl from five years earlier, but there was something completely different about her. She had an authority. She had a, there was an energy around her. There was, there was a, an anointing on her that I had shook me. So like by the second song and listen, I'm a callous old career Christian fart, man. Like I, you can't dazzle me with your church tricks. Don't try, don't try to cover song me into believing in anything. Right. And as she starts singing, man. It was like the presence of God fell on me like I'd not experienced before. And so I remember um, feeling like, okay, this is weird, but I want to get out of here before anyone recognizes me because I don't want people to know that I was going there, literally. So Heather and I, before the, after the sermon's over, and of course the pastor preaches an incredible sermon right to my heart, um, I, I, I'm like, hey, let's go. Can we get out of here? She's like, yeah. So we, we leave as fast as we can. I don't want anyone to see me. And the pastor who was on stage, who I've never met in my life, comes sprinting out the back door. And next thing I know, he was literally just on stage talking. And I hear someone go, Carlos, Carlos. And I turn around and and it was Pastor Henry. And he goes, hey, listen, it was like the Holy, I saw you out there. It was like the Holy Spirit put a spotlight on you and said, chase him. So I chased you out here. um, And I just got to tell you that we've been praying for you. We know the, because we've gone through a horrible church experience before. We know that and you guys are just welcome here, dude. I started weeping. 
And I'm like, and it, it literally was like that, like from that moment on, it was like Holy Spirit would just sneak up on me and go, boo, like, like for like a, like a whole month. Like I just was like, wow, how is it all this happening? So that was for me, the beginning of, of me realizing there was more. And then, dude, I'm still, I still feel like I'm in kindergarten when it comes to this stuff. Uh, but this book is a, um, uh, this whole story that I'm trying to pull people into is, is me kind of talking to my conservative friends, not conservative, like politically or even conservatively, like scripturally, like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty conservative when I, when I uh, read scripture, I'm just talking about my friends that maybe, maybe don't believe that Jesus, that everything's available to us that Jesus really said is available to us, you know, and they would never say that out loud, but they're kind of living that way. This book is kind of like me. And I share this in the book. I talk about, um, uh, I compare it to kind of the Chronicles of Narnia, if anyone's ever seen it, where, where Lucy and her siblings are living in that house with that crazy old man. She walks through the wardrobe, falls into Narnia, and she's like in this new magical land. She runs back through the wardrobe to tell her siblings, and they look at her like she's crazy. And I kind of feel like I'm Lucy. Like I've come back from Narnia to all my friends going like, you'll never believe what I found. You'll never believe. And they're kind of like, ah. And I don't know, I think I'm good here. And I'm like, no, 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 trust me. If you come over to Narnia, you'll see how incredibly magical it is and how amazing it is. And so I feel like I'm, this book is me bringing my friends back to the wardrobe. They're going to tumble into Narnia and they're going to be like, oh, this is available to me. That's the whole goal, man. Yeah. Where, where might you say is like a good starting place for people? If like, you know what, I want to explore. I want to, you know, maybe, maybe start on this adventure. Where, where, yeah. what, would, what, would, what would you say to that person? You know, um, I would say the, the first thing I would do, the most adventurous thing you can do is go from making your prayers vague to specific. That, that, that's what I'm talking about. When, when, when you go from vague prayers, and listen, I know why we pray vague prayers. The reason we pray vague prayers is because we're scared. If we get specific, God's not going to answer them. So that's why we don't. So my, my, my call to somebody that's just wanting to explore this is to, hey, okay, watch this. Get super specific with God. God, should I go to the well to drink coffee today or Starbucks to drink coffee today? Like that specific. You start getting that specific with God. He's going to get that specific back to you. And he's literally going to blow your mind on a daily basis. You don't need to read my book, Inner Wild. You don't need to go to the, the hippest charismatic church. You can find... If you start praying specific prayers to God, he's going to accelerate you to this land of miracles, signs, and wonders and move you from a mild faith to a wild faith. Gotcha. Well, hey, I, I have a couple other questions that I want to ask you uh, too, and I definitely want people to pick up Enter Wild. I'm just curious. I love to ask people, who, who are some of your favorite people that you're learning from right now? It could be books, podcasts, scripture, literally anything. Yeah. Um, the, my long-standing kind of uh, theology crush has been John Eldridge. I mean, the, the guy is. If you read my books, and you read his books, it's blatantly obvious <laughs> that I'm that I've learned a lot of what I've learned from John Eldridge. I'm just, you know, maybe it's the 2000, you know, 20 Latino black version of what John Eldridge teaches. But that man is, he has been one of my heroes uh, for a long time. Uh, the teachings of our pastors at our church, the Belonging Company. Uh, Pastor Alex and Henry Seeley. Um, you can listen to the teachings. They've helped me tremendously um, learn what it what it takes to expect miracles in our lives. Um, and then there's a there's a book 
um, oh, who's the, the case for Christ guy? Lee Strobel. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's got a book. And I send a lot of my doubting friends this way because, you know, they, they're like, okay, Carlos, I see this stuff is happening to you, but I just don't know. Maybe you're just lucky. Um, he's got a book. And th- this is a, this is a um, again, he's a, um, like a jur- from a journalist background. He was a skeptic. He was an atheist. He, through his study of the word, um, he tried to disprove that Jesus existed and he became a Christian doing that. He's got a new, his newest book is called A Case for Miracles. And that book is such a great book for anyone that's like, I just don't know, man. I don't know if miracles still exist. I don't know if healing still exists. Like maybe we're meant to get that when we get to heaven. Uh, no, this book will help you realize that you don't have to wait for heaven. You can bring heaven. What are some uh, practices or things that you do in terms of uh, creating content? Like you create lots of like books, podcasts, like social media stuff. Like what are some things that have helped you like become better at crafting and creating content? Yeah, don't sleep. No, I'm just kidding. Like, like that, that's not, that's not all it is. Um, you know, for, for me, I think the biggest, the biggest hurdle people have to get over is um, self-critique of, of their ideas when it comes to content. Um, at the end of the day, I create so much bad content that you guys never see, like so much bad content. So I'm filming, you know, people see me, they're like, dude, you Instagram all day, every day. And I'm like, actually, actually, like you don't see even a, a, an eighth of what, what I'm trying to put together because it doesn't work out. And so I would just say, capture, 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 create content, create content, create content. If you don't like it, then delete it, you know? Um, but then, but then if you do, you, you may have something that you never would have created if you were fearful of creating it. And so, you know, I think the biggest thing is we've got to get past our fear of ourselves, our fear uh, that other people uh, will critique us. And really, I guess at the end of the day, it's our fear of, um, of having our identity placed on what other people think about our content, as opposed to what you know it should be. Listen, this book, this book is a scary book for me to release out to the world. Like it is, it, it's, it's, it's blood, sweat and tears. It's my heart, my soul. And I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, uh, it's going to stretch a lot of believers. Like it's going to stretch a lot of Christians in there. Like, and I don't know. So I knew before I even wrote the book that I'm going to get some one-star reviews from people that, that actually have nothing to do with the writing, nothing to do with, with my stories and everything to do with, I just don't believe it. And so, so like, it was scary for me to release this book because I, I love valuable feedback. I love when people tell me how awesome I am. And I know that this book bothers some people. And so again, create no matter what, even in the face of that. What's helped you move past that fear of like, like just of people? Um, you know, I, I think the moving past the fear has been me creating content and creating things that have, I've actually seen help people's lives change. Um, you know, Kill the Spider is a great example. My last book, I've, I literally have seen people who've told me that I read that book and I was one way. And when the second I finished it, I'm another way now. Like, and, and to know that I almost didn't write that book um, because I was, again, fearful of what people would think. Um, it's, uh, it, so that's what's gotten, gotten me over it, has been actually seeing that people can get changed by something you do. And listen, I'm talking about, I'm not talking about you have to write a book here. I'm, I'm talking about, you know, any, anything, and people are so scared to even put their face on their Instagram feed because, because they don't want to get judged. I'm like, no, just get over it because what you have to say is valuable. You have a story that God has written in your life and it's up to you to share that. So don't be scared. If you could pass on uh, three lessons that you've learned in life to everyone, what would they be? 
Ooh, three lessons. Yeah, I feel like I, I feel like I'm still learning them. Uh, <laughs> but you know, a, a few would be a, a few would be. Um, um, I mean, I'll just take the most recent ones. Obviously, um, slow down. Like like lower the volume of life, um, so that the volume of God goes up. We live in such a hustle, crazy, grinded out culture um, that if we don't slow down, then you're not going to hear God in order to hear what the next thing you should create should be, you know? And so that's why so many people are creating the wrong things because they're not hearing from God in order from hear from God, you got to slow down. Over the volume of life, the volume of God goes up. First thing's that. I think the second thing would be, um, would be to uh, really understand the power of prayer. Um, understand, um, understand that it is, that it is going to be um, the, the basis in which you are going to hear from Holy Spirit, like prayer has to be, you know, and, and again, for so many people, prayer is like, like you pray before you go to sleep, you pray before you eat your meals, or you see the old ladies in church praying, like that's like what prayer is. And it's like boring. And it's like, and it's like, it literally has the most power to transform everything in your life. And I'd say the last lesson, you know, for people is the power of praise and worship of praise and thanksgiving. Um, There's a song that everybody loves. Um, called Surrounded right now. And the, the, the chorus and the bridge are, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. And I remember hearing that song and literally feeling when people were singing that chorus that it was incomplete because I was like, well, it says, this is how I fight my battles. What is how I fight my battles? Like, what's this? Like, like just singing? Is singing how I fight my battles? And then the, 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 um, the church that wrote that wrote a verse for it later that came out and I was like, now the song's perfect. It says, um, there's a table that you've prepared for me in the presence of my enemies and my weapons are praise and thanksgiving. This is how I fight my battle. So suddenly, bro, when I, when I do, when I lay praise and thanksgiving to set my day, it, it literally, like if, if I'm in the middle of, of struggling with anything, I praise God and I thank God. I thank God for what he's done and I praise God for who he is. I thank God for what he's done. And I praise him for who he is. That right there by itself, if I could even cut the other two things off, by itself will transform absolutely everything. I've seen people's lives completely change. Well, Carlos, I know people are going to want to pick up your book, Enter Wild, and they're going to want to continue to follow you as well. Where's the best place for them to go to one, pick up the book and to continue to learn from you? Yeah. Well, if you go to enterwild.com, you can pick up the book, you can see the trailer, um, and yeah, you can pick it up from any retailer there, uh, to follow me. I mean, I've got a website, carloswhitaker.com. I don't really hang out there though. I, I'm all, <laughs> normally hanging out on, on Instagram. Uh, that's where I hang out every day and you can come there and, and trust me, it's not what you think you're going to get. I mean, you're not going to get sermons. You're going to get me feeding baby Robins and doing, you know, doing all the, all the domestic, uh, life things. Um, yeah, I'm on Facebook too, but I'll only go there if I want to argue with my relatives and then on Twitter, <laughs> uh, I go, th- I go there when I want to live tweet an award show, but Instagram's where you can find me. Awesome. Well, Carlos, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. And uh, just thanks so much for writing this book too. Dude. Yeah. You're welcome. Thanks so much for, for, for helping get the word out.
Well, Carlos, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. It was great having you. Super grateful for all that you're doing, um, not just uh, in teaching me, but in teaching so many people about this. And I highly encourage you, if you don't follow him, get on Instagram, hit that follow button as well. Um, Go out and buy his book as well and just continue to learn from Carlos. He's somebody that that you just need to pay attention to because he's got a lot to say and he's worth listening to and he has a ton of wisdom and so thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the podcast if you enjoyed it make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast player you may be listening to uh that's the best way that you'll you'll never miss an episode also leave a rating and write a review if you're on spotify hit the follow button as well and it'll appear in your feed every single time carlos thanks again for being on the podcast and thank you for listening as well super grateful that you're here and uh, for helping create the community that we're trying to build until next time keep learning and keep growing